Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the intro of our M456 podcast. My co-host and amazing man of God, Jonathan, is here. McAllister from Oklahoma City. Say hi, John. How's it going today? <laughs> hey man, I love doing this with you. Uh, this is our uh, intro. We're going to start doing podcasts. And just kind of getting the message out there of what we're talking about. We had actually just did a live on the Explore level on our, our app. And man, it just went so well. We're just like, man, this is, we've just got to get this message out to more men and, and walk them through. Uh, what does it mean to be a man? Um, what does it mean to be a warrior, a lover, a sage, a king? There's a lot of teachings out there and a lot of stuff going on. But what I'm finding, John, is that most men that I run into have never even heard of the archetypes and how to steward them and, and kind of how to walk through them in life. And so I want to, I want to keep this message going, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest with you, the, the description of those words, it seems like something that we should know. I mean, we, we watch enough movies, uh, we play enough video games, we see enough sports, whatever it is, you think you would have an understanding of at least a warrior concept, but yeah, I, I see the same thing. It's not, not many people understanding the different archetypes that we walk through as men. Yeah. So, well, and I do, and I, we've been warned, like, don't get just stuck in warrior because warrior is something consciously or subconsciously that as men, we understand. Right. Um, oh which, yeah. A, a, a older generations understand it better than I think um, younger generations, because that's just how we were raised. Um, and and mm -hmm. we talked about this on the lives in some places, but, you know, my, my dad was a cowboy. He was a bull rider and we had horses and motorcycles and four wheel drives. And all I knew was warrior, right? He, yeah. like I've shared, oh, yeah. he would ride up next to my horse and shove a pine cone up my horse's ass and make it buck <laughs> and say, first one to the barn wins, you know, and I was eight. <laughs> That's just yes. how I learned. And I always got stuck on the wildest, hardest, meanest horses because I could ride with my dad. And we, and that's my best memories, right? As these long oh, yeah. horseback rides, hunting or whatever, we never talked really, but you know, he was just being my dad. And so, but all I knew was warrior. And, and I want to hear a little bit about your story, what we've learned in, in these calls, these live calls, when we have some of the millennial or even the uh, Z generation on, all they've known is a lover. They've just oh, yeah. they were raised by their moms mostly. There was no dad in the home. If he was in the home, he was silent. It's mm -hmm. the uh, Adamic silence, right? Adam was silent in the garden and should have stood up uh, and taken the freaking snake's head off, and he didn't. Um, and so we, we have a condition that we have on earth right now. Uh, so I think anyway, just learning how to steward and, and what, what is a dark warrior? What's a guy like our military men who are killing themselves 30 a day? Because they're yeah. dark warriors. Nobody's teaching them how to, to, to become a, a true warrior, right? In their yes. true self. Yes. And so they, they get stuck in darkness and that's all they know. So we've got to learn the lover, right? Yes. And we've got to learn Absolutely. the sage. And we've got to learn how to become kings, which, guys, it takes years and years and years. You've got to have some gray hair. You've had to have some losses in your life. Um Life teaches you a lot of things uh, that you can't learn any other way. And so, John, how, I mean, what, what archetypes do you understand? I mean, you've taught me lover probably more than most people, um, but you get warrior, you're a fireman, 
right? Yep. Yep. Fireman here in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about the warrior stuff and I was thinking about my, I have a son who's 10 years old. I have two boys, 14 and 10. And my youngest son is in fifth grade. He's a youngster for fifth grade, but he's pretty big, pretty stocky. I love Porter. He's, he's awesome. But he's struggling with warrior even at, at this age. You know, he hasn't quite stepped into manhood. But the, the story that he's facing right now is there's a kid at school that's kind of bullying him. And it's, and it's finding the line of when enough is enough for him. And so we've been walking through this for a couple months. Uh, we're praying for the, the kid that's happening, you know, that, that's bullying him and stuff like that. And, it, and Porter's big. Like, he can handle his business. But what, I, what I've noticed is the schools have taken away his ability to express that and, and learn how to do that. Um, you know, cause obviously at home he, he can get that with me and, and his older brother, but when he gets to school, his hands are literally tied behind his back. And so I'm actually starting that journey with him right now. And I have been this whole semester of how do we deal with, with this situation? You know, how do we successfully deal? And so, um, but yeah, the warrior, the lover, the sage, the king, I mean, they're, they're all important. They're, they're all well, important. Right. <laughs> what, what's funny I, well, heard you I, I just thought you know you 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 tweaked that story uh when i was in seventh eighth grade right and this kid older than me dennis lucero i'll never forget he'd walk by me and punch me in the stomach and i'd lose my breath and we were always fighting and he just he hated me and so the vice principal called us in mr barnett and he said that's it i'm calling a school assembly and we didn't know what was going on he called the whole school into the gym and he put gloves on us and he said we're settling this now and this kid kicked my butt i didn't know how to box i had fought him once before but he'd had an arrow or something his brother had shot an arrow in his arm so i kind of beat him up in the hallway with my brother like encouraging us to fight um <laughs> but he kicked my butt man and i was so embarrassed i was embarrassed for weeks and my friends made fun of me but that's how we dealt with stuff when i was a kid now, if you did that, you'd go to prison. Like that vice principal oh, yeah. would be stuck in jail. And right, we used to get spanked with a wooden bat from our principal in high school, like <laughs> when we missed classes and stuff. You could never do that now, but it did teach us a lot. We dealt with things and they were dealt with. We weren't triggered by them. They didn't stay with us forever. Now, again, I'm not excusing some real abuse, right? Physical abuse, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. That stuff is real and, we, and we've got to work that through. But, and then the generation now, we talked about this a little bit on our live, they become so soft and so overcoddled that um, that pendulum needs to swing in the middle again. You know, you yes. talked about how the father fathers us and, and we, yes. gotta, we, we have to father our children, the next generation, the same way, especially as men. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny to me, and, it, and it's, there's no expectation on the school to do this right. You know, I'm, I am Porter's dad. You know, I am Boston's dad. Yes, and it is on you to point them to the father to learn how yes. to do this. And it's tough yeah, and because, it, I, and I want to say this, this whole nonviolent kind of movement, which I agree, Jesus was nonviolent. Yes. But man, as a man, you know, there's a point where I say there's enough. You know, if yes. my wife's being attacked, if my babies are being attacked, there's a stranger. I yes. mean, we were at the pool this summer and these people started attacking these other people, man. And, and of course, Lisa and I just rushed right in because we run into the fire, right? We mm -hmm. don't run away from it. 
and and Jesus wasn't passive, right? Absolutely. He said, turn the other cheek, because yeah. if you're going to teach me like a slave, hit me again. Let's go, right? Yeah. Turn the tables over in his anger, righteous anger. There's a really good anger and a bad anger, right? Yes. But there is this nonviolent kind of way that we're we're learning, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, and we're trying mm-hmm. to teach our own kids in the next generation, which I think you're doing well. Well, it's, I mean, you hit it on the, well, and I appreciate that. You hit it on the head, though. It's It's like, my sons come home and they'll play these action packed video games or we'll go out and play both of them love football, obviously America, you know, it's the sport of America. And so it's, it's super physical and they get some of that physical uh, uh, contact in that they need. Um, but what I see at school is it, it, it is it's constantly cutting it down, cutting it down, limiting them. And they don't know when it's time to act. You know, we see with God in the Bible, it's a thousand times that the blessing is a thousand, but there's three in there. And I think if he's our father, then there's, there's moments in our life where we need to step up and act. And it's like what you're saying. It's, it's somewhere in the middle and it's, it's what I'm walking Porter and he's young and I know he's young. I'm not asking him to go out and start fistfights, but the conversation is, is simple. I'm like, Hey, we're going to pray for this guy. We're going to pray over this situation because we're going to bring the father into this scenario. I want to hear what you think God's saying to you about it. But number two, you have a right to protect yourself. You have a right to defend yourself in Absolutely. this scenario. Okay. And we're going to, we're going to talk to the teachers. We're going to do it this way, but this is the consequence if you have to go and protect yourself. And so he knows all of it. And I said, but you still have the right. And I back you 100% because you know, the beginning, you'll know the middle and you'll know the end. And you did what you thought was right. And that is, you know, not that I was, going in that direction, but I want my children to know in their heart when they made a decision, they could stand on that decision. You know, That's we, so you good, know, John. yeah, you know That's what I'm so saying? Good. It's like, I think, go ahead. Oh, well, you know, when we're doing this stuff, like doing this whole podcast of, of the archetypes and being fathered in this and what that looks like day to day, you know, one of the things that, that has to stick for us is when we make a decision, go with it. You know, it, I, my older son, we, you know, we're, we ask him to go listen to, to the Lord and he comes back and he tells us what the Lord says. And as, as a parent, if I immediately go, well, that's not what I want. And I kick it out. I'm teaching my son that he cannot trust what he hears from the Lord. Yeah. I have to, as his dad and the same with my son at this, this uh, you know, my 10 year old, if he chooses to make the fight, we've already gone through everything. If he chooses to take the stand and defend himself, like the other day, he literally got slapped in the face and if he makes the stand, he's got all the information. And now I'm going to stand by his decision. I'm going to teach him by when he makes that decision, I'm going to stand with him with and we're going to walk this through. Yeah, 100%. exactly. My dad always said to me, you never throw the first punch. So, and I think every young boy should be punched in the face. We all need to get our noses broke. Mm-hmm. We all need to go through a fight. I, I just, honestly, I, I just feel that way. Um, but he said yeah. never. And so I'd come in from and I'd be all beat up from a fight or something. And he'd go, did you throw the first punch? And I'd say, nope. And then that was it. There was that was the end of our discussion. <laughs> he did his job, you know, and I and that was just how my dad. That's all he knew. Right. Uh, he wasn't fathered and he just was learning how to be a dad with me. I'm actually writing a book on that right now. And so I think that with what you're doing with Boston and Porter, it's like, I'm going to be with you in the beginning of this and the middle of this and in the end, and you're not a victim. I think, you know, the warrior, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, when he finally is becoming a healthy warrior is because he's realizing he's his own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. As men, we're our own worst enemy. We get stuck on our heads. 
we we hate ourselves it's funny i was watching a thing yesterday said name the three things you love the most three people you love the most in life and it gives you three in three seconds not one person in this thing said themselves they all said somebody else and it was all for men and we don't know how to love ourselves we don't know that i am though my own worst enemy and i can forgive that and i can start to grow as a man right that's the journey we want to take in journeyman m456 yes. is what malachi 4 5 and 6 that's what it stands for god's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and you said it today john i loved it that's the first part he has to mm-hmm. turn our hearts towards our own families and the next generation for what so that we can impart to them here's how you do it yes. paul says we have 10,000 teachers we have not many fathers right yes. where are the dads where are the men that are going to be patient enough and sit sit in it enough and walk through the hard stuff with the next generation not just say you know jump in the jump in the pool and learn how to swim i'm out we're not <laughs> exactly. john wayne's anymore right i'll leave your john wayne McAllister. yeah it's it. You know, you know, a lot of people ask me about that. They, were you named after the actor? I can say right now, I was not. I was named after my dad. I'm actually John Wayne Jr. So if he was named after the actor, my my grandparents are amazing because that's awesome. You know, I wish I had the guts to name my kid like Clint Eastwood McAllister. <laughs> that would have been a great name. <laughs> that's it, but, man. Uh, yeah, that's I right. love it. It's so right. Come on. But, you know, when thinking about these archetypes and then what we're doing in Mandate 456, the whole heart of that is we have to see it. You know, one of the things that um, keeps coming up to my mind and to my heart over and over and over is I hear these conversations of entitlement. I hear these conversations of they should know better. They're not tough. They're not tough. It's this, that, and the other, you know, you could throw a thousand, you know, words and phrases in there, verbs or adjectives, whatever you do. I'm not an English professor, but what I keep seeing is I keep seeing the father telling me, that and show me that this is a judgment of the generation before it. You know, if, if our kids are entitled and they're living out loud entitled like, then that obviously means that my heart is probably entitled that the fathers Mm. before them probably had entitled hearts and that they kept that inside. And God is literally putting on a display in our kids so that we'll come to repentance and see that, that we'll see these issues of, fatherlessness you know if if the generation is fatherlessness then that probably means i was fatherless and it probably means it's been perpetuated down the line and it takes some men that and god's doing it obviously i believe wholeheartedly that god is doing this right now he's taking some men and he's showing them hey i'm gonna father you we're gonna stop this right now because this is my story this is the story i'm writing and these men get this that's the point of this they get this fathering deal and then they can show this generation. And what does that look like? They turn to the children. They don't, they don't yell at them. They don't point the finger. They turn their hearts to the kids. And when hearts are hmm. turned, the kids respond. I want you to, to go on this a little bit because this is the whole the whole point of journeyman is we're learning, we're journeying on how to be men, right? And the whole point of what we're going to be doing moving forward, guys, is walking you through how do you become a better man? How do you stay the way God created you? How do you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm designed a certain way. I jump off cliffs, right? Literally and figuratively and every other way. I've, we've lived in Africa as a family in Europe and, and I, I live by the word of the Lord in my life, right? I hear a word of the Lord and I go do it. I don't, if there's finances has nothing to do with it, the planning, and that's not all good, right? 
but I'm, I, I wouldn't live my life any other way. I was designed that way. And we, we're, we're not telling you we're trying to formulate you into a certain kind of man. We want the way God created you. When you're John Wayne McAllister, you're the best you'll ever be. How you steward that determines if you can impart that to the next generation. So how do we as men, John, as a dad, I'm a granddad, right? Brand new on one, my third granddaughter. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, Tatum. Come on. <laughs> How do we turn our hearts towards our kids, towards the next generation? What does that look like? That's a, wow, that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. And, you know, and obviously the answers that I have, some of the questions that I have are going to be partial. You know, I don't know if I have a full understanding. I love how, how Paul says that we see through a, through a, a glass dimly. You know, we don't fully have the answers. I think part of that is because we're working out our salvation. We're walking this well, out daily. Rabbis didn't want us to have the answers. They want us to ask better and bigger questions, right? There isn't yeah. supposed to be answer answers. We're supposed to go discover this. So that is part of the answer, right? Mm -hmm. We're discovering oh, yeah. this together as men. That's why we need each other. That's why we're doing this it's called discipleship, yes. right? But yes. you've, you've learned how to turn your heart towards Boston and Porter in a way that I haven't seen much. So how do you, it's what you were just describing. It's what I did. I did this with my 20 year old. He's thought he quit his job. He thought he'd have a brand new one right away. And he's <laughs> not getting one. It's been a month and a half. He's freaking out his savings. almost. And I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm like cheering because this is how you depend on Holy spirit. Not me. I can't fix this as your dad. I don't get to fix this. I get to love you through this. And watch yes. the father show up in your life as you wait on him and trust him. <laughs> and like you said, for generations now, we weren't taught that. So mm -hmm. we've had to keep going around and around this mountain in our 30s and 40s and 50s. I know a lot of 70 and 80 year old men who are stuck in the first half of life. They're still boys because no one ever told them, what's the father saying? What's the word of the Lord? He'll tell you, go in oh, this yeah. way right? So absolutely. you're trusting the father with raising your two sons. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when I'm thinking about the question, you know, it's interesting to me. It's, it's, you know, with the warrior, the lover, the sage, and the king in these archetypes and living in the heart, one of the things that I've seen is first, there's this process of getting fathered. Obviously, we know that Jesus has died on the cross and he's forgiven our sins. We, we've got that. We, we got that understanding. And then we step into this deal. Now we're walking with Jesus and getting fathered by God. I mean, Jesus literally walked for 30 years being fathered. No Holy Spirit yet. He's just doing this with the Father. So the fact that he was sinless for 30 years without the Spirit, just trusting the Father, is, I think, a huge first step key to us in this whole thing. Good. You Go have away. to get fathered. And then and how does that look like is, is the father fathering me in the warrior? Is he fathering me in the lover right now? How is he fathering me in these archetypes, these things that he's put in place, these pillars that he's put in place for men? So that's the first step is that we need to get fathered. The good news, the good news of the gospel is Jesus walks with us in that, in this. Hmm. So if we're dealing with with for in my situation, when I'm dealing with my boys, I walked for years getting fathered, failing miserably yelling when I shouldn't have yelled, not being patient when I needed patience, you know, all those things. I had them all in spades, but I was being fathered in the process. So I could listen to my son when he responded and said, this is how I feel about this. This is what you did. 
And instead of attacking and defending my actions as a father learning to be fathered, I could sit there and listen to him. And together we could go, I could go, yes, you're right. Your, uh, your approach to me, your, your, your reaction to the situation is correct. That's what I did. I didn't lie to my kids. I didn't tell them that they were wrong. I didn't, you know, there's times when kids are wrong. Obviously there's times when kids mess up, but in these scenarios, in the fathering scenarios, yeah, (laughs) we, we listen to them. That's the point. And so Jesus worked for three, three and a half years, whatever that time frame. that was it. He did three and a half years of ministry. We think that we're supposed to do this 50, 60, 70 years of, of whatever it is. And that's not the point. The point is God, the father changed the planet with a man that worked for three years. He worked for Mm. three years, gave it to 12 people, another 72. They went and just exploded. And so there is the, the whole time thing just kicked that out the door. But the way I see it playing is we first get fathered. And so wherever you are, whatever you're listening to in this, if it's the warrior part, the lover, the sage, the king, or just learning to be fathered, that is right where you're supposed to be because you got to be fathered to father. And so that's why he works with the fathers first. Yeah. And And we're going to go down this road and we, and that's, that's really good. I think as we journey on this podcast, as we're journeying on the app, if you haven't joined Go to jointhejourneyman.com and uh, join us and get on the Explorer Adventure levels. We're doing lives. We're doing courses. Um, we just finished a course on the Warrior uh, that I did. I'm starting a new one on the Lover. Um, John's course on the Heart is done. Jonathan Hansen did Identity. And oh, it so is good. so powerful. It's like a master class. David Reyes has a master class in there. Uh, this is valuable crap man this is good stuff and so all right john so this is where we're going to go we're going to just kind of steward how uh how do we allow the father to father us as men no matter what age we are right Mm -hmm. and then how do we express that to the people around us if we have our own children if we're not married yet what 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 does that look like for me as i'm starting to learn the healthy side of that warrior archetype right that that fight in me that wants to fight injustice. And then how do I steward that lover? Uh, and again, Roar's quote is the best in the whole world on that. He's like, oh, a lover is a man sitting at dinner with his elegant wife and his beautiful children. He's making love to the steak that's in front of him, <laughs> drinking the finest bottle of wine. And he's talking about the injustices of the world. And he's imparting that onto his family to go do the same right and so that's the lover he loves life he has zeal he walks in the room and the room changes because he just loves life right and oh, then yeah. that sage is that guy who he studies he, he he betters his mind so he can live through his heart he's a c.s lewis you know he's the J.R.R. token he's the creative man right that that's that's that sage And then we get into our 60s and 70s. We've got some gray hair life, like I said, and we learn how to steward all of those are those other three, right? That's what kings do. Hmm. And we need kings, guys. We need masters. But it's a process. It takes time. We don't need to figure this out today, right? And so that's why we're doing M456 podcast, Mandate 456 right? Malachi four, five, and six. We're going to turn our hearts to our children, to the next generation. We're going to have some fun. I love doing this with you, bro. 
I love it too, man. And guys, I want to encourage you get a get a good bottle of scotch. I mean, Gary and I were just yes. talking right before we started this. There's my buddy Cole McCord who lives here. He's been one of my best friends for forever. He has 35, well, going on 40 years. Holy cow! He put me on the five year art bag. It's called the the Wee Beastie. And I mean, open up a good bottle of scotch, sit, meditate on the stuff, drink some scotch. That's why scotch is aged because we need to be aged in this. Yes. We need that scotch. <laughs> man, we'll or at least I like the covenant we need it. and what scotch is as we journey, buddy. All right, man. Absolutely. Well, guys, welcome. Let's uh, let's have some fun and let's let's do this well. Bless you, bro. Thanks, man. Talk soon. See, see you, bud.